Welcome to the Lindsay and Tony podcast, where we talk about spirituality, business, and life experiences. In this podcast, we're bringing our private conversations to you. We believe that it's through discussion, action, and reflection that true change occurs. Welcome to episode 17. Today, Tony and I spoke about how to stop being a people pleaser. This is a huge episode. We are recovering people pleasers. Um, With recovery comes some moments of slip ups and falling back into that trap. So when you catch yourself, that's the best thing ever. We talk all about tips on how you can really recover from this huge thing that comes up so much for so many people. So we hope you enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back. We're so excited you are here for this episode. We are talking about people pleasing, something that we used to be pros at. Yes, and we're still working on it. (laughs) We're still working on not trying to please people all of the time. And we're going to talk about exactly what that means in this episode. So we're really excited and... I think that we do a good job practicing with each other though too, with people pleasing, because we usually say it like it is to each other. So it gives us practice when we go in, out into the world. There's sometimes that there, there needs to be a balance though between people pleasing and telling someone off. <laughs> yeah. And like that balance in between, which could be difficult at times. Yes, because what happens if, you, if you're not yourself? So basically what people pleasing is, is whenever you're just trying to say the right thing to the person. So when you're talking to somebody, you're trying to think, oh, what do they want me to say? What answer do they want me to give? And that's part of it. And what else is part of it? People pleasing, maybe saying yes to something that you don't want to do. Like, oh, do you want to go out tonight, Lindsay? And Lindsay really doesn't feel like it, but she's a people pleaser. So she says yes. So there's a lot of different things. Can you think of anything else Um, in general? I feel like other things would be if someone comes to you at a restaurant and says, how was the food? And you really don't like it. And you say, oh, it's fine. Um, but yeah. you just don't want to disappoint someone. Which now that she said that, I feel like I still do that sometimes. Unless <laughs> well, the you food's... don't like people spitting in your food. That's why you don't want to bring it back. No, true. It. I don't like say anytime people send food out to me, I, I, I don't like sending it back because you never know what they're going to do. But there's still different things that come up. So like me and Lindsay, we've gotten really good at moving away from a full-pledged people pleaser to somebody who's really just trying to really, not trying, but just being ourselves, yeah. you know, like... Because what we figured out over time is whenever you're trying to people please, like why do people people please to begin with? And when you break it down, like I feel like I, I was a people pleaser because I care about people. And I think it stems from that. I think it stems from people really caring about other people and you're wanting them to feel happy. I think that's part of it too. You're wanting them not to feel upset. And what I found was over time, is whenever you are a people pleaser, you're actually enabling people and you're actually keeping them sad or depressed or frustrated or angry even longer. So the whole reason why I was a people pleaser at the beginning, now that I'm thinking about it, is because I care about people and I don't want them to be upset and I don't want them to be angry. So then I would, where was I getting at? Am I going in circles here? No, you're making complete sense. Okay. making me think of something too. What were you going to say? I was going to say, well, Yes, that's true. I feel like I care about people a lot too, and I'm I'm very empathic, like both of us are, and probably if you're listening, you're very empathic too, where you 
can feel people's energy if they're disappointed. So I think that's, you know, what you were saying, it makes sense. But I also had a thing where I didn't want anyone to be mad at me. So even if I spoke up for myself and expressed myself and said something that was on my mind, I would retract from that and say, oh, oh my gosh, did I do something wrong by expressing myself? So I feel like I kind of go back and forth. It depends. Like if it's customer service, I don't feel guilty, which is horrible to say. Um, She's on the other end of the spectrum yeah, of customer I, service. She's like, oh, nice. we won't go there. Not nice. <laughs> Sometimes I just get so impatient, especially if I'm hungry, sitting on customer service hold. I'm like, no, you need to pass me on to someone else that knows what they're talking about. And and I really need to think that there's someone else on the end of the phone. Because there is? I, there is. <laughs> but sometimes people don't know how to help you. So I have to be firm with them. And I get in my teacher mode and teacher voice and I act firm. But if it's someone that I know and I speak up, then I think, oh my gosh, are they going to be mad at me because I spoke my truth? So it's almost like trying to balance between those two things. I really, you've known me since I was doing it in the past. I feel like I've gotten better. You definitely have gotten better with it, trying to please everyone. We just say what's on our heart. You know, I don't make up anything. If it's if I'm feeling it, I say it. There's times where I do hold back, where I think, well, is this the place to say it? Maybe not, you know? Yeah, and there's definitely levels to this. And we've broken through different levels and I feel like, so So after I've broken through those levels, the way I feel now, I feel one, I feel more energized. Mm -hmm. I feel, I don't get pissed off as much, like when I leave people. <laughs> like seriously, I when know. I was people pleasing all the time, like I would leave and then I'd go to sleep and I'm, or you know, I'd try to go to sleep and I'd think, oh, I, why didn't I say that? Yes. I really felt that way. It just frustrates you. So it does a lot of harm when you hold back. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not as angry, I'm not, um, I feel more light. I feel more light because I'm like my energy's flowing. And I feel like whenever your energy's flowing and you're just allowing it and then you're speaking it and you're allowing it, it continues to flow. But whenever you're a people pleaser, your energy's trying to flow and it comes up. And then because you feel, you know, like Lindsay was saying, you're empathic. So you feel other people's emotions. So you feel like maybe they're feeling low about themselves. So then you stop yourself from talking more because I, the whole cycle of it all. Yeah. So then the whole point of it is you're stopping this flow of who you really are whenever you're people pleasing. So you're doing harm to yourself, like like more harm than I could even go into detail on this yeah. podcast. Um, and then you're also doing harm to everybody around you because you're enabling everybody around you. And most likely if you're a people pleaser, you're surrounded by other people pleasers because you attract who you are. And if you're a people pleaser, or if you're very highly empathic, um, those are the type of people that are going to be around you. And yeah. I think those two go hand in hand. People who are highly empathic usually tend to be people pleasers. I found in my experience. Yeah, I I feel like that's actually I never thought about it like that, but yeah, that's true. I've noticed that too. And I think it's because what you were saying with people who are empathic, they feel other people's emotions and mm -hmm. stuff. So then you're always trying to compensate for that. And yeah. And this is a, a really good point. It just reminded me, and I was talking to someone about it the other night. Oh, my friend Kelly. We were just talking about this, and I said, I remember in high school I used to go, we, we saw our dean. We would always go into the dean's office because that was just the hangout for everyone to hang out at um, on break or, you know, in between classes or whatever it may be, study hall. And I remember when I was telling him stories, I would say, oh, I'm so sorry. 
And it would just come out of my mouth. I wasn't sorry for anything. I don't even know why I apologized. But he said, I'm going to stop you right there. You're not allowed to say sorry again to me. You're not allowed to apologize. And I started to fall into the trap where I was apologizing for everything and anything. And it made no sense. I yeah, stopped like, myself. Can I, I get some mustard? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, like... it's really weird. And, and I find a lot of people do that. And I had to catch myself. I really don't know what stopped me from doing it. I think just becoming aware of it over the years, but it didn't stop in high school. It continued on. Um, and it just, I think starting to really live in my truth more and speak my truth caused me not to think about things and not to say sorry or to allow it to fall out of my mouth that I'm sorry. So it's something to really think about it. I actually caught myself today not in a normal conversation. It was in Chipotle, actually. And I was getting water and I went in front of to get the cup of water and some guy was there. Instead of saying, excuse me, I said, oh, I'm sorry. So I apologized for him because I was getting water. So it's something to think about. That's on a minor scale right It now. is, but all of those minor things add up to major. And that's the whole point of uh, this episode here is thinking about all of these little minor things that you do, like saying sorry or um, maybe speaking your truth and you know feeling like you're, oh, I'm authentic and you're in the zone. We all have those moments. And then all of a sudden you see people around you insecure about it and then you kind of dim your light. Well, that seems minor too, but after doing that over and over and saying sorry over and over, you stop, you stop yourself from fully expressing yourself and you stop um, that authenticity and you, and you begin to people please. Yeah. And, that, and then you don't even have real friends around because you're not even living your truth. You don't. And that's the thing or too. Real relationships, I should say. Maybe they're real friends, but not the truth of the relationship. Exactly. Because if you're not giving your 100% yourself to somebody, then it's, it's the law of energy. Then they're not, by law, they're not giving you 100%. It's just how it works. So when you're around people who are authentic or whatever, that's overused word, but people who you could tell that they're really just not thinking about what they're doing, they're really just saying it and they're, and they're living in their heart and all of their movements and everything they do. When you're around those people, it causes you to be more like that. You'll feel that pull. I know I do. I definitely do. I'm trying to think of an example of someone that made me feel that way. Um, there's a lot of different say, people. Well, I mean, no, one of the people that sticks out mm -hmm. out of you know the people that I'm thinking of right now in, in my head is Sean, your friend Sean. Yes, when I'm around yes. him, I feel like I could be myself, and I I should be able to be myself in front of anyone. But there's something about it where it makes me feel more relaxed to be myself or to communicate mm -hmm. with him. Don't you feel? Yeah, like that? I feel that all the way. That's because Sean is so. Sean's about 55 years old. I hope I'm not getting that wrong, Sean. If he sees this, but <laughs> Maybe about 55, but he's just this genuine, beautiful person, and he does not care when anybody thinks about him. And you could tell he acts the same whether it's around like the president of the United States or of a company mm -hmm. or whether it's like a janitor or wh whoever it is. It doesn't matter what level it is. And I think that's why you feel that way around him because yeah. you could, you can feel that. You could feel it just oozing from him. There's no fakeness. There's nothing he's holding back, and you feel safe around him because yeah. of that. Yeah, and I feel like he's been through a lot in his life. And I'm not saying that people have to be going through a lot in their life to be themselves, but I feel like there's something that happens. It's like a shell. You know, when the, the shell is in, in the ocean, as over time, the waves kind of go over the shell and it gets, 
you know, goes through storms and different things like that. It becomes smoother and it, and it, it, there are certain parts of it that may have holes in it, but it brings character to it. And I feel like that's with people that the more experiences that we have and we allow ourselves to feel, it makes us more um, true to who we are. It makes us more, I would say evolved. I guess that's the word. There's something about it that it makes you more relatable to people if you yeah. actually speak about it. And you're more relatable because you're more real. Because I'm thinking of Wayne Dyer a lot when you're, yeah. when you're talking about this. And it's really your ego dying. Um, I feel like that's my, my opinion, my own perspective. And I believe Dr. Dyer and a few other people said something similar to this. But I feel like when things happen in your life, like the rough things, like maybe you lose a job or a divorce or... You know, anything that's highly stressful and severe, I feel like those type of things happen for many reasons. And one of the main reasons is to shake your ego and and make the ego to work doesn't have a grasp on you as much. And that way you could fully be who you are and not hold on to that egotistic outlook of who you think you are and who the world thinks you are. Okay, I love how you just said that because... I've been hearing everyone talk about the ego and I just made a whole Facebook Live in one of my mediumship development groups and I, I talked a little bit about the ego and I said the ego is a good thing. We're meant to have egos because we're humans, but the way that you worded it makes more sense. Yes. So not judging ourselves for feeling a certain way, but to allow us to let go of the idea of who we think we have to be. Exactly. Because so many people get attached to, oh, I'm a firefighter and this is who I am. And they're attached, and that's just who they are as identity. And, and it's not only your career, it's like, oh, I'm married to this person, and this is who I am. Or um, I'm an artist, and this is who I am. Or it, it's a lot of different things. Or yeah. I like this hobby, this is who I am. And I think the universe or God, they want us, or it wants us to know, like, this is not who you are. Right. Like, these little things are just pieces of who everybody is. Like, it's all part of us. But who we really are is, like, so deep that for us to really start to get to know it, we have to release the bond that the ego has on us, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and what I mean by that is like, when I say ego, because that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What I mean is like something that, that like, like with, when I say ego, I mean like something that is not really who you are. Okay. And you're releasing it. That way, who you are can come up. I understand what you're saying. So you're that saying makes like sense. the part of you that may feel insecure, and you want to be, you want to be seen as some certain person. Exactly, and it could be to hide like some kind of insecurity. It could be for a lot of different reasons. But the whole point is like you're holding on to something that's really not who you are. Like maybe it's, um, I bring this up a lot too as an example. It's like a cliche example. Like maybe it's you're a doctor because you're your your family want you to be a doctor mm -hmm. so then the universe or god will come and kind of shake that up so you could release that and open up the space because i'm all about space and i feel like we only have so much space in our reality and every little thing that we let into our space energetically or career-wise it fills up a part of it so whenever that doctor who doesn't want to be a doctor say his career's shaken up and he's laid off and looks like a bad thing and he might lose his house well guess what now that's out of that space and then, uh, and then in that darkness, a little bit of light will start to show. And then it'll start to show who he is. And I'm not saying everybody gets to that point and allows that process to unfold fully because they might not see it as clearly as this is what's happening. But I feel like this is what's trying to happen. It's yeah. like the unfolding of God in everybody. 
Oh, that's powerful. I love that. That's so true. You were just in the zone. I feel like I somebody, I feel like it was a trance. Somebody yeah, was yeah, just like just talking to me. I can tell when he's in the zone. So if you're watching this on video, then you might have noticed it too. If you're um, intuitive or, or you're a medium or something, you would notice it inside within him. But um, if you're listening, you may have noticed it too. But I think that's so important to, to say. Be, I don't even know what to add on to that because I think that it makes complete sense. And I think there's so many different parts of our life that bring us to a place where we're like uncovered. And all of a yes. sudden, it, things are revealed and we, we fair, feel bare or vulnerable. And it's at a place where it feels very uncomfortable and exposed. And that's when either healing happens for you, whether you know it or not, or the outside world gets healed by seeing exactly what you're going through. I know there's been situations that have come up in my life and I know your life, Tony, where you don't know how you're going to get through it, but you have no other option. And some people will say, how did you get through that? I'm like, I have no clue how I did. And there's other situations where I hear of stories of what people have gone through. And I'm thinking, how did you get through that? But it's just part of that process. And I know we're kind of like shifting around with these topics, but the big thing is to know that we have so much depth each of us has a lot of depth. So whether you're a medium or your mother or whoever it may be, um, or you're just living, you, you know, you're a person that's living here on earth, it's important for you to know how much value you can give to the world by really truly being yourself and not censoring yourself and not feeling like you have to say things a certain way. Because the one thing that I did when I used to say things a certain way that didn't feel like I was finished was I would start to replay the conversation like in a very unhealthy way. Like, why didn't I add this in? Like you said, mm -hmm. why didn't I say this? And then Tony would have to hear it when I came home. Mm -hmm. And I would have to hear it from him if he didn't say something. But I do think there's a balance because there's some times where we could easily have one of those moments where we want to speak up and it's the tone in which you speak too. So that's important, going with people pleasing. If yeah. You, lower your tone and maybe you don't make eye contact when you're saying how you feel because you're afraid or you lower your shoulders or you know you look down that's all part of the people pleasing thing that can come up it is because people pleasing i would look at it like an energy it's a low vibration it yeah. really is because in order to be a people pleaser on this planet in 2018 I'm not trying to be mean to the average person, but you have to be on a low vibration because you have to be on their vibration. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to please the majority of people, that is so draining. Oh my it, gosh, it, you'll never be, you won't be happy and they won't be happy. It is so draining. And going back to um, what we were talking about with the doctor's story and all of that, that all, those type of stories stem from being a people pleaser. Like the doctor or the kid wanting to please their parents and becoming a doctor because of that. And you all might have your own story with that. And it might not be a doctor, it might be another career, maybe construction or uh, teaching. That's a big one. I feel like I, I met a lot of teachers who, they were teachers and they were asked, why are you teaching? And their answer was, well, my mom was a teacher. And, and you could tell that was really why they were teaching mm -hmm. is because of that. And um, it's such a shallow reason to do something yeah 
it's you just reminded me of something too i was on the plane and he might even be listening i don't know it's kind of an interesting story tony and i both have had interesting stories about plane rides we've met some really interesting people and we've mm -hmm. had like spiritual awakenings on planes separately from we could do other. a whole podcast episode yeah, on that we'll have to do that <laughs> we'll have to do it i don't know what it will be titled but that's remind us if you hear this um so i was on the plane i was sitting there and you know when you're not in the mood to talk to someone Sorry if you're listening, the person, um, the passenger next to me. But um, I wasn't in the mood to talk to anyone. I had no sleep. I don't even know where I was coming from. But somehow I stopped in Michigan. And the person next to me said, oh, isn't it awesome to get this rush when you lift off in a plane? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's good. I like that too, you know, which I do. And then we started talking and we got talking about his job and I said, oh, you know, what do you do? Because he was from Michigan. He said, I actually work for a company and I said, oh, that's good. He's like, yeah, it's tough working for family. It's been in the family. And I sensed right away that he wasn't fully happy with his job um, because he was doing it because his dad did it. So as we got talking, the conversation got really good and I was happy that I was talking to him once we started really and he was someone that he was himself and it got me feeling like I can easily communicate with him too um, but he shared with me that his girlfriend had passed away in his house and it shook him to the core and he actually was coming to Florida because he needed to get away because everything in his life was completely in shambles and I thought it was interesting that he sat next to me and we both felt like it was divine timing and crazy experience, um, long story with that. But the whole point of me saying that was because of that passing, because of his girlfriend's death, he started to rethink his life. And he's like, I keep on feeling like there's a bigger purpose. So just like you said, Tony, about that, where you said sometimes we need these moments in our life to kind of unveil, that's what was happening to him. And you don't need a death to do that, but I feel like that's what happened to me when Nick died too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I feel like that too. So. And so, I love that story, mm -hmm. and I was looking at time. Oh, we yeah. should probably start to somewhat wrap it up, but I was gonna get into a few things on um, like what helped Lindsay and I go from people-pleasing <laughs> to really stepping into our power of really who we are. So what helped? So do you want to go first or me? Yeah, I can go first unless okay. you have something. Then <laughs> I have something, but she's going to take it. You can go. No, go. go. No, 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 you go. Tony, go. We're not going to be going back and forth. About okay, so here, here's what it is. Yeah, I know, and we're pleasing each other. <laughs> so here's what it is. So what really helped me overcome this was, of course, number one is taking action. Like I, I studied a lot and I took action, but what did I take action on? Well, there's a book called The Four Agreements by Don, Mc... Don Miguel Ruiz, yes. I believe. Yes, it is. But it's called The Four Agreements, and one of the agreements is don't take anything personal. And once I started to really wrap my head around that concept of nothing is personal, not you know nothing the bus driver says to you or the teacher or your wife or your husband or your sister or your cousin, Nothing they do to you is personal. And once I really start to wrap my head around it, and then I kept that idea in the back of my unconscious and my conscious mind for years, and I start to see it play out in my life, and I start to realize when I was myself and it pissed off a few people around me, you know, and I did my reflection, I realized, wait, that wasn't me that did it. I was just speaking my truth and in a loving way. I wasn't being mean to them, and it just sparked something in them 
that maybe you know felt uncomfortable. made felt uncomfortable for them. So getting specific, maybe I brought up I don't remember. Maybe I brought up um, the universe. Maybe I said the universe, and I and I, instead of saying God, you know, some people like to hear God, some the universe. And if you know me, I'm I, I like to respect everybody. But say I said the universe in front of somebody who's a Christian and they want to hear God, well, that would offend them. Yeah. And if they so. lashed out at me, I don't know, maybe it's a bad example, well, but basically people. what I'm saying is is what it, when people react to you, no matter what you say or what you do, as long as you're not like punching them or being rude to them, it's not personal. It's really not personal. It's really something that they're just seeing through their filter and through their perspective and their perspective was developed through their entire life and it's in their unconscious and they can't see anything outside of that unless you really start to educate yourself and step outside your body and look down on your life as if you're a different person. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's the only reason that's the only way you really start to see clearly. Mhm. Yeah. So, I said all of that to really just talking about how nothing is personal and I really would suggest all of you to dive into that concept and really to read that book called The Four Agreements. That's one book that really helped me with this that topic. That is my favorite book, and it's funny because there's only four agreements, but they're really, they sound so simple, but it can be really hard, you know? Because yep. that's that's my toughest one in that book, is mm-hmm. don't think, take things first. And all of the agreements really, if I remember right, they have to do with like people, like being yourself all the way, like don't take anything personal, don't assume anything. Mm-hmm. So like don't assume someone's mad at you or don't assume this or that, but really all of it helped to shape my idea of like, wait, it's just better just to like say how you feel and exactly. to be real. Right, that's the most important thing too. Um, another thing for me was actually doing things like this. So before I did the podcast, I think I was just practicing in front of the kids. My third graders were my practice people. I couldn't mm-hmm. be a people pleaser in front of the kids. They would, they're my greatest teachers, the kids. Don't, weren't they yours? Uh, that's actually, I, w- I want to say <laughs> something about that too now, that's so true. That. Teach it in the school systems. Oh my gosh, they prepared us for life. They did. If you were not genuine all the way, they they know you like a book, and they'd be like, "What's wrong with Mr. Mitchell today? What are you doing?" (laughs) So you have to give it to them, like straight. Like they need to know exactly who you are. It's all about relationships with with that within the classroom, and it's all about relationships in life. And people want the real you, and that's that's a good point with teaching. But in the kids, don't filter themselves. They don't. (laughs) You actually know what a human thinks when you're around kids. I actually love hanging out with kids more than adults. I do too. I either like to hang out with kids more than adults or old people more than anyone else. So that's just me. I I think that because the old people don't care. (laughs) The old people don't care what they're saying because they're like, I'm sick of holding back at this point. And then the young kids, they don't filter themselves at that point. So it's like the best of both worlds. Very true. But I think the main thing is to practice baby steps of expressing yourself. So you can practice with a friend and say, okay, I'm going to practice just being myself, not holding back, someone that you can really trust and they know you down to the core. I would also practice probably with customer service, not in the way that I communicate because sometimes I can take it to the next level. We'll do an episode on that one too. Um, I'm not, we're making it seem like I'm so mean to people. But I'm, I'm just really kidding. Not. We'll do an episode on it and we'll go over it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I think it's practicing surrounding yourself with people that are real, that aren't afraid to speak up and, um, and say it respectfully too. You can be respectful yeah. and be honest and not be a people pleaser. Cause that's the thing. Like if you're not a people pleaser, it doesn't mean you're, can I cuss on here? I guess. So. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't mean you're an asshole, you know? <laughs> 
Like there's about like it just means that you're just being you, and you don't gotta say it in a mean way. Like if someone yeah. says you want some food, you don't gotta be like no, I'm not, I don't, I'm not hungry. You know, you don't gotta be, <laughs> you don't gotta be mad about it or whatever. You don't gotta blow up on people. Um, but the thing is, you'll find that as you start to really express yourself every second of the day, you're not gonna be as mad. You're not gonna be as frustrated yeah. about things. So you won't have to blow up. Right. I hear Romeo scratching at the door. Yeah, he's he's. <laughs> He's our timekeeper, I guess, because we're is. probably about it. That is, is about it. <laughs> um, but this episode is something to think about. I think the first step is to obviously reflect on, have you apologized for stuff that has nothing to do with you and why you should be apologizing? Um, when do you find yourself fully being yourself? Think about that person that you're hanging out with that makes you feel like yourself. And also take ownership of your own self and practice using words and um, the tone of voice and making eye contact and feeling good while you're expressing yourself. I think that's a huge thing. It is, and the only way you do that is through practice, through practice, through practice. The more you express yourself, it's gonna be uncomfortable at first, but it will start to become your new comfort zone. Yeah. So. We hope you love this episode. If you had some value with it, please, please, please share, tag a friend, and also, those people that are already did the iTunes review, thank you so much. If you're really confused on how to even do it, let us know in the comments. We will help you. We'll walk you through it. Yes. Bye, we, guys. Bye-bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on iTunes. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel, too. If you can think of anyone else that would love this episode, share it with them right now on social media or email. And remember, getting results is a process of learning, applying, and reflecting. Stay consistent and continue to grow every day.